to the best of my ability because if I fail, that means I fail for my entire female nation, I call it. <laughs> is that possible? That was the question for myself. And it is absolutely possible. Good afternoon, Australia, and good evening, America. Welcome back to the Everyday Business Show. I'm your host, Tony Lantis. And before I introduce you to our amazing guest today, here's what you need to know. If you're listening live on LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, or Twitter, we have Payo ready and waiting online to take your questions and comments and provide you links with anything that we discuss on the show today. If you're driving, just remember you can jump onto Tony Lantis com. click on the guest tab and we will have links to our guests today and including their website. So a reminder too that if you miss any of these shows and you want to catch up anytime, jump on to Binge Networks USA or the Tony TV channel app available on all Roku, LG and Samsung smart TVs across the planet. Now, our normal welcome to Gumtree goes a little bit like this. I want to respectfully acknowledge the people of the Yukumba language region, the Gold Coast, Queensland, Australia, the traditional owners of the land on which we meet and broadcast and pay my respect to the Elders past and present and all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples here today. Now, our extra special guest today is Jem Fuller and Jem coaches and facilitates CEOs, senior leaders across government, private and not-for-profit sectors across the globe. He helps develop more mindful and conscious leaders and a healthy workplace culture. Jem is the founding director and facilitator of his own international leadership retreat company and he takes leaders away on conscious leader programs to remote Indian, Himalayan, Bali and Kimberley and Costa Rica coastlines. Jem has led an amazingly colourful life from years of barefoot backing around India subcontinent to senior leaders with a multi-international company. He has been to the extremes and back and all the way in between. He's worked as a reflexologist, a Chinese masseuse, a Reiki practitioner, a kindergarten teacher, a global tattooist, a fire dancer, a motorcycle courier, actor, singer, songwriter, travel consultant, and prior to commencing his coaching work, has been in senior corporate leadership. Jem has studied, studied extensively in the healing arts, coaching, neuro-linguistic programming, and human behavioral profiling. Welcome back to the show, Jem. I'm delighted to have you here today. Oh, thanks, Tony. It's it's really lovely to see you again. And, geez, I'm a bit exhausted listening to my own <laughs> intro. I'm like, I think... Um, have we still got time left to actually have a chat? <laughs> <laughs> we do, we do. I just wanted to share with the audience, um, Gem and I have become um, friends, uh, I guess, in this space. And Gem and I were talking about um, uh, what his partner slash wife does and the synergies around some work that I used to do corporately. Both of us come from a corporate space 
perspective, but now are leading our own companies and doing our own business. And Jen was telling before we got on the show about his psych excitement around a new space. Jem, can you just share with the audience, because that's really exciting news for you and your wife, Talia. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's literally hot off the press. I mean, the lease agreement only got emailed to us half an hour ago. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're, yeah. So we're about to sign the lease uh, on, on a, a, a big, beautiful property in our local town here, um, that we'll, we will be sharing. And, and my partner, Talia, is a birth worker. She's a clinical mm. Pilates instructor, a, a doula, and also a hypnobirthing consultant. And so she's going to have some big, beautiful spaces in there for community. Her business is called Village Birth. And her, yeah. um, her kind of logo is it takes a village. So she'll be bringing in all sorts of wonderful women who work in the birthing mm. space and nestled in the middle of these amazing it's- rooms. <laughs> is my studio where I'm going to be able to record and coach and do what I do and I'm going to be nestled amongst this beautiful mothering, nurturing, new life energy and I can't think of a better place to sit and work every day. Yeah. Um, And 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 I, yeah, go on. Sorry, Jim, and particularly from your coaching and mentoring space, that creates a beautiful energy to do that work from, doesn't it? Absolutely. And because, you know, part of what I do, I mean, I, I don't really say this to my, my corporate <laughs> executive clients because I'm coaching, I'm coaching executive yes. CEO clients yes. in government departments, right? Yes. I don't go in there and, and kind of say, hey, I'm going to help you access your feminine and be more soft and gentle. But that's yeah. what I'm helping a lot of that's ladies right. do, especially mm-hmm. men. I'm, I'm helping them access their more human-centric sensibility mm. their, their feminine wisdom and you know and helping because it's powerful feminine it wisdom is super is powerful, powerful and it's super intelligent it's mm. it's very very wise and it's a, it's an element mm. that there's a lot of opportunity for us to expand mm. with our senior leaders whether they're in government or whether they're in the private sector there's mm. a massive opportunity for our leaders to expand into their feminine sensibility their feminine mm. wisdom right and um anyway so for me to be coaching these leaders nestled in into space. the heart of this beautiful space is I think it's perfect yeah I, I when you told me about it I was just so excited for you and I thought it's important to share sometimes people don't don't realize the spaces and places that people work from at that high level and you are working with high level executives and CEOs and Along that vein, I'm wondering, Jem, your life is this beautiful, big kaleidoscope of all things. You've done lots of things, had lots of different life experiences. And I actually am wondering that that if that unique and broad life perspective helps when you're coaching executives and CEOs, does it give you that broader balance that you can bring to their lives? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes, it does. And, um, you know, I I think because I've been in so many different situations with so many different types of people, I really was in my younger years, Mm. I just had this thirst to experience uh, cultures and peoples that was life, you know, that was so different to me. I used to think of myself as a bit of an experienced junkie. I wanted to try everything. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I just wanted yeah, yeah. to try everything, you know, and I've tried many things and, and a lot of things I've tried only once and I was like, righty-o, tick that <laughs> off the list. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> and some things I've tried many times. But, mm. you know, certainly to answer your question, having, you know, a, a really broad range of different experiences and different connections with different types of people mm. means that I can connect with a lot of different people. But also having worked in the corporate space, I understand their language and their lingo. I understand yes. the pressures that are driving them, you know, and that old school kind of underlying pressure to grow in the private sector, to yes. grow net profit growth quarter yes. on quarter on quarter. And that is a relentless pressure that is pressure within you know the capitalist system yeah um, and it is what it is i'm not saying it's good or bad but it is there and it's a very real mm. pressure for leaders and then also in you know in government departments to um to make sure that they're getting the results that they're yes. you know that they're, they're there to get key so indicators. I understand. yeah so I, I mean i understand the pressures but i can bring to them in a way that's accessible for them. I can bring to them concepts like mindfulness. I can Mm. bring to them concepts like more conscious communication, uh, leaning into a situation and and seeking to understand rather than driving and just telling people what to do. Mm. Um, You know, so look, I think it it lends itself really well. And once, once my clients, once we have some rapport, Mm. to be honest, happens very quickly. Yes. um, but once we have that rapport and they trust me, then I can guide them to places in their leadership that they've never been to never before. Been before. I think yeah. that's the, the role of a coach is to to guide people to places they haven't been to before, right? Yeah. And, Jim, because I'm so familiar with the coaching space in terms of I would not be here without constant coaching and mentoring, I understand the importance and the the power of what a coach can bring to your life because you're uh, living and working in your life and often you need that external perspective of how you're reacting, behaving, communicating. You need an external person to go, okay, do you you think we should try this or have you thought about this? Because no person should be an island, should they, Gem? Even at those highest levels, they should never be or feel like they're an island and trying to do this alone. Yeah, absolutely. And for various different reasons, we we don't feel that we can lean on other people around us for that role, that coaching role. You know, if it's colleagues, sometimes it's not appropriate for us to, Mm. to, sometimes it is, but quite often it's not appropriate for us to be seeking that coaching advice from a colleague or from a report or from Mm -hmm. a loved one. And in fact, when our, when people around us who care about us come to us offering advice, we quite often for some reason in a reflex way, we kind of tend to defend against it. Uh-huh. You know, we don't want to hear it. Absolutely. But when we're paying someone for that, yeah. we're <laughs> all ears. <laughs> it's like I'm paying I you know. money right now. Give it to me. What I am know. I going to do? I know. <laughs> what am I going to do? What am I going to yeah. Um, Jim, just going back to an earlier part of the conversation where we talked about, um, you know, the, the capitalism uh, or those sorts of ideals that permeate um, corporate and, and high-level life. Um I'd love to know that some of those spaces are changing and that we can look forward to a future where it's not all about dollars and uh, reaching certain milestones, that we are starting to move towards a space where 
humans as humans are considered in that equation and that the way that they work best is a consideration. And so um, from my personal perspective, I back when um, I was working in, in corporate office, there was the, the idea that uh, working from home was completely unacceptable and employees couldn't be trusted, whereas we've sort of been thrust into a new world via COVID where people have had to work from home. And I think that those things are really important considerations in in life. So do you see that the corporate um, ideals are slowly changing? Yeah, yes, they are. Yeah, they are. And I, I think leaders, at least the leaders that I come into contact with and, and coach, are starting to understand that rather than can I trust my employees to clock mm. on and clock off and do the work, it's can I find a way to for them to spark their intrinsic motivation, so something that they care about doing, mm. and find alignment between what they care about and what the, the organisation's mission is. Because mm. if you can find that, Link. you don't need to trust that they're going to lean they're and do do what they, they, they're intrinsically motivated to do good mm-hmm. work and make a difference mm-hmm. so you need to really as a leader and i think leaders are starting some leaders are starting to get this yes can i trust my ability to to coach them to find what their own intrinsic motivation is and align it with the organization's purpose and put them in a role where they feel like mm-hmm. they can play to their strengths and then just let them go and be amazing yeah because right. th- that's the thing. Humans can be incredibly amazing given um, the right circumstances and the right motivation. Humans that's can right. accomplish incredible things. And that's so right. it's really encouraging to hear, Jem, that you are um, coaching the next level of the next um, cohort of leaders in this way. That's, from my perspective, is incredibly encouraging. Um, I want to digress a little bit and talk about the new book, The Art of Communication for Thoughtful Men. And it's already receiving rave reviews across the planet. And I know from talking to you before the show that there is a lot of interest across America in particular, which I'm delighted to hear. It's well-deserved. But I wanted you to share with the audience um, about the inception of the book. Why did the idea come up and why you thought it was important to share and write from this perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So the inception and and then um, the conception and then the Mm -hmm. the delivery of the book came. I, I started writing a few different books. I always knew I was going to write books and, and I had started writing a few different books, but was kind of getting stuck in them. And mm. then I stopped and thought, and this was in the first, towards the, the end of the first year of the pandemic. And I thought, yes, Jim, what do you think really will help? What can you mm. write that will help? Mm. You know, I, I want to write something that hopefully will help people. Mm. And one of the biggest stumbling blocks that I come across um, as a coach is communication. You know, and whether it's communication yeah. in a relationship where two people love each other, but they mm. trip up in their miscommunication, mm. or whether it's the communication from a leader to a team. So the communi- mm. the leader is frustrated because the team is not engaging in, in, in what mm. the leader wants them to engage in. And quite often it's not because they've got the wrong people in the team or anything like that. It's just that the nuance 
in their communication, you know, yes. or, or interdepartmentally in a larger organization where the sales department and the compliance department are at loggerheads over something mm. and forgetting that they're actually both attempting to serve the same higher purpose of the organization mm. and it's falling over in the communication. And then also in recent years, Tony, you know, as, as, as a lover of humans, right? Yes. I, lo- I just have this yes. love for the human race despite yes. our dysfunction and despite the fact that there are psychopathic people doing terrible things on global yes. economic levels, right? Yes, that, yes, yes. But love humans, right? Mm-hmm. And so it makes me sad when I see humans shouting at each other across these digital divides of difference. You know, you've got humans mm-hmm. who have identified with one political idea or ideological yeah concept and and people who who disagree with them and they're just shouting at each other and tony you know this is not helping evolve the situation this is not creating doesn't help at all you know and these global problems like pandemics and Mm. global warming and inequality they don't discriminate that's right global global warming does not mind whether you are pro-vax or anti-vax it doesn't doesn't care we're all gonna cop it that's right and for us to solve these global problems, we have got to improve our ability in conscious communication. Mm. So that's where the book started from. And then I engaged a book writing mentor um, yeah. and, uh, yeah, a wonderful author and, and writing mentor, Susan Pierce from Sydney in yeah. Australia. And, and she said to me, Gem, I'm loving this manuscript. I think it's great. It's too broad. You're writing oh. for everybody. You need to yeah. pick it. A, a niche you need to pick a demographic and she said you know I think this book would be really good for men yeah and so I just took her advice and I went okay and so I started tailoring the book for men specifically yes and so it became the art of conscious communication for thoughtful men mm. uh, and, and I do feel really passionate about this because you and I've spoken about this before yes. Tony as much as we need to continue the mission of empowering and getting women into decision-making roles, which we, is so, so important that we continue to do this, at mm. the same time we need to be evolving the quality of men and Correct. the systems that we're bringing these women into to, to be open to this feminine wisdom, this feminine yes. sensibility. That's what. So we need to help the men evolve as well, right? So there's these yeah. two projects that need to happen at the same time. Same time. You know, and so this book is is to help to give men the tools to lift mm. each other up mm. and evolve the brand of men, you know, yes. to, to, to change the old stereotypes that we've been culturally indoctrinated into. You know, as boys, we were taught yep. man up, toughen up, you know, suck yep. it up, don't yep. cry like a girl, like all these yep. things. Can you believe we raise I our know. boys like this? So I- we've created, you know, generations of men Mm-hmm. who don't even know how to really access their emotions, let alone communicate them yeah. or understand um, women when women are coming with this wisdom that is an intuitive, deeply yes. ingrained thing and yep. men are shutting it down, but they mm-hmm. just don't know how to do any different. So mm-hmm. I think it's time to um, to give men the tools to evolve and I'm hoping yeah. that's what this book does. Uh- I'm so glad that you've written from this perspective because, you know, I talk to 
multiple women across the planet and we still experience some of the same things that have been happening for millennia. However, having said that, there does feel that there is um, a change afoot, so to speak, mm. um, but for women to get to the, the place that we need to get to, we need to be supported by men. So this is not a, a, a women against men or a men against women. This is about empowering men and women to live and communicate in the best way that they can. I know yeah. um, from speaking to you previously about the book that you've had a really wonderful response from women. Can you tell us about that, Jem? Yeah, it just, it, I mean, I kind of thought this might be what happens. It's, yeah. it, it looks like it's women that are picking the book up off the shelf, so to speak, yeah. or, you know, or, or getting the book off Amazon. Yeah. Um, women, I, from my experience of running open public workshops in the past around self-development, around personal mm. development, it's 90% of the people who come to my workshops are women. Yes. And I think women are just more open to expanding into their potential. They're more open mm. to being vulnerable. They're more open to saying, I don't know everything. Let me learn some more. Yeah. Um, men traditionally, and I am generalizing here, but, but yeah. I think generally speaking, men are more about, I'll read a book if it's going to help me grow my profit. Or I'll read, <laughs> I'll read a book if it's going to help me win. I'll, I'll read a book if it's going to help me um, be better at my, better at golf. I'm using yes, that as an yes. analogy, right? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But read a book about how I can be more in touch with myself and, and function better as a human. They tend to not pick the books up. So, yeah, it's yes. women that are picking it up and reading it and, and emailing gonna, me giving it- and saying, oh, my God, amazing book. It's so great. I'm <laughs> going to force my husband to read it, you know, or my son or my brother or whoever. So, yeah. And I don't, I'm not sure that women always realize that position that they have to influence the men in their lives with gentle um, persuasion and, and conversation. And it comes back to that conversation, doesn't it? If you communicate with the man or men around you in the right way, you have influence to get them to perhaps pick up a book that might be helpful or look at things that they may or may not be doing. I think that we sometimes forget that that we have that influence if we use it correctly and that that communication is a key to, to driving all of that. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, life and, and business, communication is really an essential part of what an executive does that they're communicating all day with the people around them with their teams with their higher ups etc uh, what are some of the key things that you recommend for uh, those senior executives around communication what are some of the key themes that come through when you're coaching and mentoring those senior executives Jim? I think really to start with, and I, I designed a process that's mm. you know, detailed in the book, but the first step in the process of communication is to understand why. Mm. For what purpose am I mm-hmm. intending on having this, this piece of communication? So if it's some communication that, that is coming up and you're intending on having, then there's some preparation that can go into it and the extent of the preparation depends on so you know, the context and, and what it is. But the first step to be aware of is for what purpose am I having this communication? Mm. 
So for example, if you're, um, you're going into a, a performance appraisal, we used to call them. Yes. I mean, I'm encouraging yes. leaders to call it something more like a people partnering session because performance oh, appraisal better. already is old school and it's like I'm going to tell you what you're good at and not good at and where you can improve and it's all data and numbers and, mm. you know, yeah. perform basically. But mm. if it's a people partnering session, i.e. I'm going to coach you to expand into your potential. Mm. So when you're going into this session and you're thinking, well, so why am I having this meeting with this person who reports to me? Well, it's to give them feedback. Is it really? Is that the purpose of the, mm. of the communication? Well, why are you giving them feedback? Oh, because I want them to improve. Oh, why do you want them to improve? Well, oh, because I want them to thrive. Right, so now we're getting mm. closer to the so reason. So that's where you start. So the purpose of the communication is I, I want to help this person thrive. It's not mm. to go in there and tell them what they're not doing well enough. That's mm. not the purpose. of. That's part of the how. Mm. But let's start with why. Or, for example, let's put it into a, 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 an intimate relationship. Yes. You know, you, your partner might be very upset <clears throat> and, you know, they're exacerbated and, and they're upset and they're expressing themselves emotionally and there's a lot of words coming out of their mouth. Yeah. In that moment you might be thinking, you might be taking those words literally and trying to understand that they're telling you that you're not good enough or that you never mm. helped them or that you da, 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 you're taking it literally. You're missing the point of the communication. Mm. Why are they saying these words? Because it's probably not about the actual words if they're very emotional. What is the purpose of the communication? So let's look a little bit higher. Perhaps in this moment my partner is expressing that she's completely upset and she's upset because she wanted me to help her this morning with this particular thing. thing. And she's, she wants to feel supported. Mm. Maybe. Maybe in yes. this moment the purpose of this communication is because she wants to feel safe. Mm. Oh, wow, that's the purpose of the communication, <laughs> right? Yeah. So that having that conscious level of awareness of the communication is going to elevate the, the quality of the communication, right? Mm. Whereas if we're down on the lower levels of, you know, thinking it's something that it's not, then then we're not going to be as effective in the communication. So just having a, an awareness, you know, and Tony, the, the word communication comes from the Latin noun communicatio, which means a yeah. sharing, and the Latin verb communicare, which means to make common. So as a leader, as an executive, to come back in answering your question, yeah. when you think I'm, I need to have this communication with my team, so it's a sharing, I'm hoping that they will I can share this with them, this information or this inspiration or motivation. I can share this with them to make this common. So at the end mm. of the communication, I'll know if it's been successful because if it has been successful, we'll all be on the same page. Yeah, definitely. That's the purpose of this. So it's not about the individuals involved. It's not yeah. about my ego needing to be right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And prove you wrong. It's about us coming together to a common understanding. That's what communication is. Yeah, yeah, and it's it, it's such a powerful thing to get right and to do right because it, it, communication can um, start great conversations and achieve great things if it's done in the right way. So, if you if I dare to take the current invasion of Ukraine, what if there'd been some communication? between the invader and his thoughts what if someone had been game enough to say hey we think that you want to do this because but actually it's about 
da 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 da. Do you think that that high level communication has capacity to change big, huge events across the globe? Unfortunately, no matter how good you are at communication, yeah, what sits underneath it all is is intent. Uh huh. Right now, I work with leaders who are what I call normal people. <laughs> yes. Right, and when I say yes. normal people. I mean people that are not megalomaniacs, people that are not psychopaths. <laughs> yes, yes. Right? And, and normal people don't wake up in the morning thinking, how can I um, go and create havoc and harm Across. and pain to other people to, to further my own power? Most people don't think like, what's his yes. face over there? I don't even want yes. to say his name, but anyway. Yeah, no, I was trying not to say his name too. <laughs> Look, it's, we, we all know who he is, right? But yeah. he's not he's not alone. There's other people no, no. who have become completely <laughs> lost so that's, in power, That's the right? thing. He so, can't do... But I'm do... talking about... Yeah, I, I'm talking about normal people. And normal people don't wake up in the morning like that. Normal people yeah. wake up in the morning and think, oh, my God, I hope I can do a good job today. I hope I yeah. can get a good re- result today. I hope I can be the best version of me today. Most yeah. people are like that, right? People, yeah. Most people don't wake up in the morning going, how can I go and <laughs> execute my evil plan? Yeah. Right? So I'm, I'm helping people, normal people, communicate better. No, and so communication and, and the, 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 the magic of yes. powerful communication yes. can be used in evil ways, oh. can be used in very evil ways. Yep. You know, yes. high-level communication, you, we can be tricked by very mm. clever communication, propaganda mm. and, yes. and misinformation. You know, yes. algorithms are doing it now. The algorithms yes. that are designed to keep us scrolling are communicating with us in ways that are completely subversive mm, and have us addicted to these platforms because they're putting the right things in front of our brains that fire the, the, our the brains. reptilian part of the brain and we're captured into this mm-hmm. world that is being fed to us through communication yeah. used in a used in a not so nice Bad way. way. Mm-hmm. So it's not the it's not the it's not the communication itself that would stop the world events. Unfortunately mm. that's the nasty people behind it. Yeah. The, but but when the communication is when we can get better at communicating, then People like you and I and the people that we care about and work with yes. and help and, and people like us, we can get better at rising and, and evolving and creating a collective. And that's mm-hmm. why I think it's important. That's why I love chatting with you, Tony, because you you facilitate important conversations with real people and hopefully there are people listening to this and this will help them have these conversations because yes. the more we talk about this stuff in Absolutely. functional ways... The, the, yes. We will continue to create this positive change. Yeah. Um, I just, the, the whole idea of communication has been highlighted this week. Um, my darling husband loves watching Maths Married at First Sight. And uh, I watch because usually I'm just at that point of time when it comes on, it's just, it's on. And so, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Evident on that little little show are some communication that is so bad and so wrong that I find myself having to leave the room and think, why is someone not calling out that behaviour in a way that in, empowers that person to see just how wrong that is? 
and show the glo- the the national audience that this is the right way to do that. I mm. find it. I, I find with traditional media that there's not enough producers, managers of shows mm. doing the right thing in terms of communication and going, well, actually, no, you can't yell and scream at someone when they don't agree with you. This is how fruitful and constructive communication looks. And mm. I worry that the traditional media that we many people see more often than what you and I do in this place, which is I term as non-traditional media. Mm-hmm. I would love this sort of stuff to be in more people's places and more people's faces so they get to know, okay, that's better and a better way to do it. That's a better way to say what I'm trying to say. Um, and we're not seeing enough of that. So I... Mm-hmm grateful that I get to work in this space with amazing people like you and have these conversations. And along that um, ideal of, of talking about executives, um, I'm wondering too that the executives of today, are they embracing more spiritual perspectives in their executive life? Because i you, there's not a lot of people that you see or I talk to that are readily open to that spiritual conversation. So I'm curious to know from your perspective about the executives you coach and how they implement spiritualism in whatever format that looks like. If they're thinking along those lines, if they're, it's, if, if mindfulness is a part of what they talk to you about, is it, if it's, a part of what they like to encourage in their teams. I'm really curious about that aspect of what you do. Yeah. Look, I think in in older generations that are still in executive roles, uh-huh. um, the, the percentage of them that are open to this stuff is very small. And then right. as you come down through the years and, and get into mm. younger generation of senior leaders and, mm. you know, younger people that are coming in now fresh into executive roles, they're way more open to it. Um, oh, good. You know, but having said that, I went to um, the Global Mindful Leader Forum back in 2014, so eight years uh-huh. ago, and and already then there are some of the most senior leaders in the world that can can track and measure. You know, they can get ROI on investing in people's abilities in the space of mindfulness, and so that you know, there's a that's UK phenomenal. Club. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, like the world leaders of the World Bank and leaders of yeah. Um, you know, some of the leaders in Intel and Google mm-hmm. and places yes. like this investing millions of dollars into mindfulness programs for themselves awesome. and for their people because That's they understand fantastic. that it's, it helps us with our functionality. Um, so, look, it, yes, th- there's, a, there's a massive movement happen- happening mm-hmm. for sure. And, look, um, I don't know if this sounds a bit wrong, but the older leaders will retire and and uh, you know kick off their boots and I was in a I was <laughs> I was hesitant to say that, but from uh, it feels like there's almost a passing of the old guard. It yeah. feels like we're ushering in a new generation of leaders and a new global energy that is better for humans in general 
Yeah, and, and I think really the important difference between now and in generations gone by, because mm. there's always been a handing on of the garden, there's always yes. been the next generation coming, yes. and there's always been change. You know, and to every generation, it seems like the changes coming with the younger generation are massive. You know, it's, it's always yes, felt like that. I agree. The difference now is that the technological advances that have been mm. happening over the last 30 years are exponential. They are, right? aren't they? And, and our brains are not wired to understand exponential growth. We can comprehend linear growth, one, two, three, yes. four, five, but we can't comprehend exponential growth, which is when the technology doubles this goes in its sh- capability. Yeah, that's right. It goes through the mm. roof. So we don't know what things are going to look like in 2050 if we're still here. Mm. We've got mm. no idea what that's going to look like. But what it is doing is that it's, it's forcing us as a species to yes. open our minds to possibility to open our minds to different ways of doing things because there are, there are ways of doing things today that weren't even possible just the other day. I know. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, yeah, look, I think, I think the change is happening faster now than ever before. That's uh, and so with that change, one. hopefully our leaders, you know, the emerging leaders are mm. also changing. It is becoming more human-centric. It is becoming more Good. about... You know, how can we all work together as, as people to, to do better work for humanity? Yeah, you know, it, is, yeah. it is happening. Because it, it, sitting behind that is, is the idea that as humanity, we can tackle big problems. So we spoke earlier about climate change. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, and it's not just climate change. It, it, it's, it's war. It's um, hunger. It's um, those bigger global issues that as humanity we could i believe we have within our grasp the answers to those bigger questions and ensuring that our grandkids never experience war ensuring that our grandchildren never have to deal with uh human trafficking etc etc i actually believe that humans have capacity to solve those big problems completely and completely and your I belief to Tony believe. well and your belief is not a pie in the sky idea it's your belief is is founded with evidence you know yeah. i mean for example the world has never been as safe it is, as it is now homicide mm. rates have never been this low yeah. ever in human history it's very it's hard never, to commit a crime and that's a good thing yeah. it's never been this safe to walk the streets globally speaking right yeah. but the, the you know as we know the mainstream me- media and news we know yes. that they feed off the negative so Negativity. we know that all the news is negative so that's fine but in the meantime if you go looking for it and you don't have to look very hard if you go to um uh future crunch is some mates of mine here in australia and yeah. they've got a global platform that focuses on all the positive scientific mm. news and advancements that are happening in the world which is and they they put out positive exciting. news every day there's so Exciting. much good stuff happening. And if you go and look at the real data of what's mm. actually going on in terms of, you know, the advancements that we're making in technologies to help with global mm. warming and mm. pandemics and all this sort of stuff, you're 100% right, Tony. We can do yeah. it. We can Absolutely. do it. And I think the more we focus on it, the better. So go yeah. and look for the positive news. There's positivenews.org. I agree. They send out positive news as well. Um, so look it up. It's right there and it's yeah. available. But, yeah, you're right. We are we are heading in the right direction and we can do it. We can turn it all around. Unfortunately, there are still um, some yeah. leaders who are digging their heels in and, and, and for their own, their own Agreed. You know, reasons uh, yeah. uh, 
claiming that cl- climate change isn't even real. Um, and, but they and know having, that it is. But, you know. Yeah, yeah I, and having been exposed <laughs> to the effects of climate change right? recently. Yeah, it, massively. You, you can't – there's just – I've never seen so much rain, never experienced so much rain. So th- that's, you know, mm. and I know from reading the science that that is about the amount of water that um, leaves the earth and goes up into our clouds yep. because of climate change. Um, and something else I, uh, that just dropped into my head, Jim, is um, I know for a lot of people, um, and I'll, this is a little bit of a controversial subject, I guess, but the whole idea that we created a vaccine in such a short amount of time in a global pandemic, I actually see as an incredibly positive human yeah. achievement. What yeah, that amazing. means in my mind is that at one time, the whole globe was focused on solving a single problem, i.e. Yep. a vaccine to keep people safe. So yep. if we can do that in a pandemic, we can yep. do that for cancer. Do, do yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's yeah. how I see the world. Yeah, we can do that for global warming. Yeah, yeah, you know? absolutely. Unfortunately, unfortunately for us, we we don't tend to all come together and kick into gear no. until we're right in the thick of it being a, a massive catastrophe. Exactly. And so you you and your people in your communities that have just been massively flooded have all yeah. had to come together because it was catastrophe. But people who Complete. live somewhere that don't get flooded, they're like, oh, global warming, it's something that's going to happen in 20 or 30 years. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to think about it right now yeah. because it means I have to change the do way something. I live in some way. I have to do something. So mm. unfortunately humans, a lot, most humans, yeah. don't take action until it's really until at the it's last minute. At their Whereas with global warming, because it's such a big thing, you know, if mm. we leave it till the last minute, it'll be too late. Yeah, I agree. You know, so I agree. Yes, we can do it. I reckon we can. You know, I reckon I, we can. I, I reckon we can do it, but we've got to do it. <laughs> we've got to. We've got to do, do it now. Yeah. yeah right. The other thing about um, our recent flooding incident was that it's actually caused us to think about how we live our life and mm. what we might do going forward. So does that mean we don't need? A big property we don't need a, a you know we just need a little space that is ours and that's okay like it just causes you to think of other alternatives that have um implications for the climate um and implications for the way that in which we live so that idea around being self-sustainable having our own water generating our own electricity all those things are starting to come into play in a bigger um yeah as a bigger conversation in just our lives. So if that's happening for us, I'm hoping yeah. that's happening in a greater space across the planet for many more yeah. people than, than just us. Yeah. Um, Jim, I'm hoping too that when, in talking about generations um, tapping out, I guess, effectively, that we will actually see the rise of wonderful, um, emotionally intelligent leaders. And I wanted to quickly touch on the subject of emotional intelligence and what it means for you, Jem, from your your thoughts. What are your thoughts around emotional intelligence? It's important and particularly its importance for, for leaders, senior leaders, senior executives, politicians, dare yeah. I say it? <laughs> yeah. 
Um, yeah, and before I talk specifically to, to emotional intelligence, the reason yeah. why I think it's important that this is happening is because we've kind of forgotten why we were making widgets in the first place. So just say that there's a company <laughs> and they make widgets, right? They've got to the point where they, they think that they're making widgets just to make money. It's just yeah. about a transaction. We're making widgets so we can make money. But hang on a second. Why did you? Why did this company ever first start making widgets in the first place? Because we thought people needed widgets. Well, why did they mm-hmm. need widgets? Because it made it easier for them to do A, B, and C. Yeah. So it was about tra- people trying to um, make life better. Make life better for people, mm-hmm. or or the planet, or animals, yes. or life. Yes. Yes. Right? So we're doing this to make life better for for this animal or for this. Mm-hmm. And forest or for these people yeah. Right? yeah and we've kind of lost sight of that because it became yeah. all about shareholders and and growing the the, the market price of mm. the share price of something right yeah. so look i think that emotional intelligence is massively important because it comes back to this human-centric um kind of purpose behind what we're doing mm. why are we doing this we're doing this to make life better yeah to live, to live better lives right so emotional yeah. intelligence really is just uh, an understanding that there are people in the equation yeah. and whether it's the people that are working in the teams to create the widget that goes out to the people that are receiving, but to, mm. to focus back on the people involved in the equation, the mm. humans in the loop yeah. <laughs> rather than yes. the numbers and the product and yeah. the bits and bobs. And emotional intelligence is really the ability to, um, to experience empathy, how does yes. someone feel. To experience compassion, what what could yeah. I do to help that person? Yeah. You know, to to experience the whole range of emotions, which is obviously a vital part of being human, because human. we've all got emotions, so they must mm. be an important part of it. And emotional yeah. intelligence, also, and emotional regulation, and oh, then yes. something that I'm, you know, I'm really inquisitive about continuing to develop for myself and for my clients is the ability to improve my functionality in relationship with emotions. So that ah, when, it, yes. so when emotion is, is um, immediate and necessary in a moment and serves a purpose to, to mm-hmm. feel it, to express it, to utilise it, and then when it starts to tip into being dysfunctional for me to stay stuck in that emotional state and, yeah. I'm, and it's not helping me serve myself or the greater good anymore and I'm stuck in anger, or I'm stuck in despair or stuck in mm. sadness, the ability mm. to actually um, be the driver of my own physiological bus and mm. use techniques such as mindfulness to mm. allow that emotion to beautifully dissipate and come back to a place of equanimity and serve again from a place of clarity and calmness, you know. So, yeah. so that's emotional intelligence as well, right? So in, in simple terms, it's... Uh, things like um, anger and fury and fear, they're all normal parts of a human experience. Yep. But emotional intelligence is recognising, yes, I'm angry. I'm going to feel angry for this amount of time. But when it gets to this time, this is what I'm going to do to dissipate that anger. Is that yep. an apt description Jim yep perfect and yeah. and also the ability to be conscious so right now I'm feeling anger and I'm going to allow myself to feel this anger because yeah. it's necessary Justified. and I'm going to process I'm not going to shove it under the rug and pretend it's not mm. there or punch I'm a wall to, or 
Yeah. Whatever. Right. I'm going to feel this anger, but I'm also going to have a level of awareness in the moment that I'm in doing anger. Mm. I'm going to have a level of awareness to go, do you know, it's probably not the right time for me to pick up the phone right now <laughs> and have that conversation. Yeah. I'm going to feel this anger and I'm going to pause on the phone call. I'm going to process this. And then at some point in time when I've allowed that anger to dissipate, then perhaps I'll pick up the phone. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So that that being aware of that moment when you're in anger and then understanding that you can't stay, it's not good for you. It's not good for you as a human. It's not good for the people around you. It's not, it's just not good to stay and, and realizing, okay, what do I have to do to get out of this? Jim, Mm. what are some of the things that you do or you advise your executives to do in that moment when those big emotions are taking place? What are some of the key things that you have, you can suggest around that? I know mindfulness is one and, and I know that we've talked about um, meditative practices before, which I find incredibly helpful. What else? What other things do you advise? If you can create the ability to pause. Yeah. Pause. So there's an emotion that's taken over. It might be extreme frustration. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or, or even anger uh, yeah. or, or disappointment or yeah. um, whatever it is. Sadness. So emotion, sadness. Yeah. yeah. So the emotion has taken over. Pause for a second mm. and come to a place of perspective because what we tend to do is that our ego, our sense of identity, mm. latches onto the, the, the visceral experience of the emotion and identifies with it. I am angry. So yeah. it's I am angry rather mm. than noticing that it's really just a passing physiological state of being that will come and go. Yeah. Right. But when we identify with something, we hang on to it. We grab onto it. It becomes mm. our sense of identity. Mm. When we're in our ego, we take everything personally because for the ego, it's yeah. all about itself, right? Mm. So um, just I'm trying to think of a hypothetical situation. One of the people in your senior leadership team who reports to you, yeah, they've completely disregarded the values of the organization and they've completely disregarded your directive as the CEO, mm-hmm. right? And you are exacerbated. You're like, what are you doing? I can't believe you've done that. Look at the mm. mess you've created, blah, blah, blah. So mm. you, you're feeling yeah. disappointed and angry and frustrated. Mm. When you identify with it and take it personally, it's harder to let go of it. When yeah. you remember, oh, this is not about me personally, mm. not about me. This person has shown up in this way. They've behaved in this way. I'm going to create some perspective here. Mm. Ego, I hear you. I'm just going to put you to the side for a sec. I'm going to pause. Yeah. I'm going to put things really into perspective and go um, just, rem- and I do this, Tony. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. My, and I ask my clients to do this. Can I yeah. just pause for a second, take a moment to remember I'm a speck on a speck that is orbiting a around speck. a tiny little star, which is on the edge of a Milky Way galaxy, which is 120,000 light years across, and there's yep. billions of galaxies, billions of yep. galaxies, right? Yeah. And, and the other day, humans didn't even exist. And That's pretty right. soon, we're probably not going to exist Not going to exist again. <laughs> and right now, I'm upset because my organisation, ABC Engineering, you know, is not going to deliver the right profit result because that leader didn't do that thing. But And I'm getting yep. all, um, I'm taking it so personally, right? Yeah. And I'm just going to pause and go... <laughs> None of this actually matters, right? <laughs> back on a spec. 
And now I'm going to come back to a place of equanimity because mm-hmm. this is not about me. Mm-hmm. Right? This is about the organisation. And mm-hmm. from a place of equanimity, I'm now going to go forward and see how I can best support this person with holding them accountable mm-hmm. for the way that we've all agreed to show up here at ABC Engineering. Is. Right. So I'm going to lead from a place of calm-centeredness, yes. not from a place of outrage. Because it just doesn't get as good results. Yeah. That's powerful stuff, Jem. Powerful stuff. Mm. Um, And powerful practical examples of how you can do that. And it just just takes awareness, doesn't it? It's it's really quite simple. Lots of practice. It's easier. It's it's simple and easier said than done. Oh, oh God, yes. (laughs) But gets easier with practice. Yeah, it's definitely. Easier and easier with practice because every time we every time we um, engage a new way of doing something, we're we're firing a new neural sequence and setting up a there's new a, there's pattern. A pattern aren't of neurons we? that are firing for the first time. Yeah. They fire for the first time, and it's it takes effort and awareness, and it's clunky and not not very easy to come out of your anger and get centered. Mm. And it's but then the next time you do it, and then the next time it gets you do better. It, and then the next, Right, because the neurons start to wire together and then it becomes habitual. And yeah. then you it really can become a superpower where you've practiced Absolutely. it so much that something can happen, you react necessarily because you're human, mm. where you get triggered by something, you're mm. furious, and then mm. when you become aware that you're furious and it's not going to serve you anymore, you can go from furious to calm. Really quickly. Like that. Powerful stuff. Powerful like stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, Jim, we've got one minute left and wow. I'm going to finish. I know. I love these conversations with you. In this one minute, I want you to tell the audience about your bigger vision for the future. What does that look like for you, Jim Fuller? Wow. Bigger vision for the future. It, it the, 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 the scales have tipped. The balance has tipped where the people that are emerging now that do care about humanity and each other and the planet and the bigger picture that has tipped. Ego has taken a little bit of a backseat. It's still there, but it's not the thing that's driving us. It's really, to be honest, it's more spiritual. And I'm doing that because spiritual can mean whatever to anyone, but it Mm. is more connected. We are more aware that we're part of a bigger system. It's not all just about me. It's about us. That's my vision for the future. Oh, that's a beautiful vision for the future. And I actually can see that very clearly. And I've actually, I think that I can feel that as well, Jim, like the response for Ukraine. It's it's not just about the people of Ukraine, but it's about the global community feeling what those beautiful people are feeling and joining with them and going, gosh, this is really not okay. And and believing that there will be a better outcome very soon. That's my hope. Yeah, I agree with you. I I think so. And if I can just leave one last message with any of the listeners, connect, connect, connect. Go looking for good people doing good stuff and reach out to them and connect for no other reason to just bolster your hope because when we connect with good people, it bolsters our hope. We go, oh, yes, there are more people out there doing good work and yeah. there's plenty of them. There's plenty of people doing good work. So yeah. go look for them and reach out and say hi. 
And you will find them when you set the intention that you want to be connected to like-minded people and good yep. people. Because I know, because I wanted to see good men. And Jem and many others have been introduced to my circle and I am incredibly grateful for that. And that was because I said to the universe, please show me good men. I'm feeling really distressed. I need to know that there's good men in the world and that there's good men creating other good men. And that's what happened. So I want to encourage the audience today. Jem Fuller is a good, wonderful, amazing human being. Please jump on to his website, jemfuller.com. Reach out, connect. He loves chatting to people. And if you're an executive CEO listening and you think that elements of what we talked about today are really important for you and your organization and your company, please reach out to Jem, have a chat and talk about what you might need in your environment, in your company and within yourself because we need better men now. Jem, thank you so much. Another delightful conversation. It's a privilege to have you on the show and I know that we'll continue having further conversations both live and off air um, and I can't wait for the future it is exciting me no end yeah tony thank you so much yeah thank you for having me on my pleasure that my wonderful audience is your everyday business show this week we'll be back next week join us then thank you jem and bye for now i want to do it to the best of my ability because if i fail that means i fail from my entire female nation i call it Is that possible?